Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks, and I am your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist and I work with retailers offering both hands-on support as well as advisory services to help you drive your retail transformation forward, tackling complex challenges, defining ideal operating models, making progress and delivering change and improvement. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 224. Number 224. AI or artificial intelligence offers the retail industry a huge opportunity. There are many factors and lots of genuine innovations, but also there's a lot of hype and a lot of misunderstanding too. McKinsey undertook a study on AI across all industries and found out that the retail industry is actually the market with the greatest opportunity or threat depending on how you look at this, in terms of AI's impact. So it absolutely is a topic that we will continue to talk about. It is a topic that you must continue to think about. And in today's episode, I've got 10 considerations and factors that I wanted to share with you to help you understand and get your hands and your head (laughs) around the topic of AI in retail. The show notes for today are going to be over at obandco.uk slash 224. I'm going to include that insight chart from McKinsey about the opportunity of AI in retail. So do head over there, obandco.uk slash 224 and sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you are over there. This is my weekly email newsletter to bring you up to speed with the changing and evolving world of retail, including insights, innovations, and new ideas, all there to help inspire you to drive your retail transformation forward. It's absolutely free to sign up for obandco.uk slash 224. So let's get into these 10 considerations around AI. And the first one is that AI is not one solution. There is not just one AI. Just like your organization is not powered by one person. And perhaps this seems like an obvious observation that there is not just one AI. But when you start to consider that your business in the future will have multiple AIs, and by the way, perhaps it already does, each one focused on a particular challenge or a particular part of the organization, each one great at its own role, then suddenly you will start to see more and more opportunities. Just like you bring different people with different skill sets and capabilities into the organization, you are going to want to bring in multiple AIs as well. And equally, an AI, like a team member, is not necessarily something that needs to be a permanent fixture. As technologies evolve, and we'll talk more about that later, 
then actually there are going to be more advanced systems that you're going to want to think about swapping in and out. So that's our first consideration. And I should say, as an aside, that if during this episode I refer to the AI, as in a, a singular AI, then we can extrapolate those same thoughts to cover multiple artificial intelligences. Intelligences? Is that a word? Feels like it should be intelligi or something like that. <laughs> the next consideration is that AI and automation are different. Now, a lot of the hype, I believe, about AI has actually been due to that term AI being used as a snazzy marketing term, when actually the real word that they were looking for is automation. So what are we meaning by automation? It's a logical way of processing data or information. And that processing obeys relatively strict rules. You know, if it's this, do that. Now, of course, you can add in multiple statements and multiple clauses, meaning that actually you can build up quite a complex processing system that adjusts on what the data is and how it is being processed and should be processed. But all of this is automation. It is logical, it is structured, and it does follow strict rules, albeit there may be many rules. Also to point out, by automation, we're talking about process automation here rather than robots, yeah? Now, robots will have aspects of both automation as well as AI in there, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later on as well. And so what is AI? And I'll quote ChatGPT from last week's episode, episode 223, that says AI or artificial intelligence refers to the ability of computers and machines to perform tasks that would normally require human intelligence, such as recognising speech, understanding natural language, making predictions and solving problems. AI systems are trained on large amounts of data and they use algorithms to learn patterns and make decisions. So what is the difference? Well, for me, it's about the fact that AI looks to learn rather than being programmed like automation. Now, obviously, there is still a large amount of programming that has to happen with AI, but it's about that intricacies. Everything needs to be programmed for automation, whereas AI, you would hope, starts to pick a lot of that up itself. The next consideration for you to help understand the opportunities of AI is to rethink what the A in AI should stand for. Now, officially, it stands for artificial. But what if you reframe your own thinking to think of this as augmented intelligence or assisted intelligence? It's a system to serve up data and insights and recommendations to support humans. It is a tool to help you and your colleagues and your team members. And I believe thinking like this, changing what the A stands for, can be a helpful mindset shift to encourage you and those around you to reimagine how you could use AI. So if we say it's augmented intelligence, then suddenly you could start to think about serving insights to support and adding more information to what you see in any given moment. Perhaps it's about adding more context to a performance report to help you understand. Maybe it's about 
overlaying other relevant but not obvious insights as you are analysing a piece of data or running a particular task. Or maybe you think of it more like assisted intelligence. So it is helping people by making recommendations. Or it's even allowing more people to make more informed decisions about what they should do. Try it. Try thinking about AI as augmented intelligence or assisted intelligence. And just see how it changes your perception and your ideas of what AI could look like and could do for your business. The next consideration is that AI's greatest opportunity in the short term is to help make sense of data. In retail, we have huge amounts of data, whether it be from the supply chain, whether it be from customer orders, whether it be from customer behaviors, especially via e-commerce. But with all of this data, there is only so much that can be done every single day or week or month by humans. There are many other uses for that same data set which could be done, but never quite make it to the top of the pile. I hope you know what I mean there. Plus, on top of those things that don't make it to the pile, there are many other hidden patterns and trends which we would love to know about, but it's unlikely we would ever get to unless we just sat down with the data and were open and curious about what it might hold. Imagine if these hidden trends and hidden patterns could be served up to you based on the exact same data that you already have. And what's really interesting here, that same McKinsey report that I referenced earlier found that the opportunity with advanced analytics also represents a much larger opportunity than AI by a factor of about two and a half times. So advanced analytics represents a huge opportunity relative to AI. But if you combine both of those and you use AI to unlock those advanced analytics findings and recommendations and opportunities, suddenly it gets really exciting. But given that AI has a great opportunity to make sense of your data, you really need to start thinking about what data can be ingested by AI. As we mentioned earlier on, there are large volumes of data that are needed to train the AI and are needed to allow the AI to process, right? And you need to start thinking about the formats of all of that data. You need to start thinking about the structures of all of that data. How robust will the AI need to be? You need to think about the cleanliness of that data both in terms of how you can know how clean the data is, but also whether the AI can do some of the data cleansing for you. But you do need to know what sort of dirty data you need to look out for, because you don't want to draw the AI into making a false negative or a false positive in terms of the decision or the conclusion that it is drawing. But you also don't want to encourage the AI to learn bad habits about for example, the amount of variation in your data. So data governance is going to be really critical as soon as you start talking about AI. The next consideration is that you can treat AI like a black box. Does everyone need to know exactly what the AI is doing? I would argue no. I'd also argue that it would be nice if at least someone understood <laughs> what it is doing so that you can interrogate a decision or a recommendation. And if you think of AI as a black box, 
you need to also consider three aspects. You need to consider what feeds into that black box. What are the inputs? As we've just said, it requires data and specifically good volumes of quality data as well. So do you know where that data is coming from? Do you know it's going to be sensible? And actually, this is where you can start to think about how do I collect my data? And there may be more and more data sources that you want to introduce into your business, either through adding in new technologies like vision systems, barcode scanning, RFID, all of which capture data and bring it into the system. But you may also want to start looking at the data that you already have, but perhaps are not doing a huge amount with and think about how can you put that into the black box as well, if it's relevant, of course. So you want to think about the inputs and equally you want to think about the outputs. What is it that the AI is there for? It could be to generate a report with a series of recommendations to assist someone in making a decision. Perhaps it is an exception report to alert people to a particular issue when it happens or when particular triggers happen that suggest a critical issue is going to happen soon. Maybe it is controlling a robotic automation, something like a, an automated warehouse or even in-store robot. The AI system may be ingesting data and then deciding what to do. And the output is actually a plan for that robot or series of robots to take action and actually complete the plan. And of course, one output from an AI may be an input to another AI as well. So you've got your inputs, your outputs and your integrations here. What other AI black boxes need to integrate with each other? And is there opportunity for more machine-based collaboration here with different systems talking to each other automatically? So whilst you consider an AI like a black box, it's also critically important that you also design and test your AI like that black box was working through all the different scenarios that your business faces. Now in retail, most notably, I believe that is around peak trading, where the amount of orders, sales, customers, stock movements, and any other form of data suddenly skyrockets up in terms of volume and also importance too. So can your AI cope with that? Traditionally, you may have hired some additional peak resource to process through certain data requests. The last thing you want is your business stuttering, of course, as the AI proverbially buffers. But you also want to make sure that as the business evolves, the AI can evolve as well. It continues to allow enough customization to reprioritize different aspects and ultimately stay agile like a human would as well. So treat it like a black box, but do understand what the black box is capable of and what it is doing. Next, AI technology is developing very quickly. I'm sure you're aware of this, and that has really created the current explosion around AI right now. And it is a technology that is attracting big funding. And I'm sure we'll continue to create more and more startups, as well as big enterprise initiatives as well. So one of the certainties with this technology is that it will continue to develop at a rapid pace. Now, Moore's law is the observation from last century 
that the number of transistors in a circuit board can double about every two years. And Moore's law is a proxy that says, actually, technology gets more sophisticated and doubles its capacity every circa two years. And I suspect AI will follow that same trend as well. So in two years' time, come 2025, AI capabilities are probably going to be so advanced compared to what we could imagine right now. And then you can double that every two years. But in addition to Moore's law, also consider Amara's law, which says that we tend to overestimate the effect of a technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run. So whilst we're getting very excited right now about AI could do this and AI could do that, we're probably setting very high expectation levels that are going to be dashed. But equally, we're probably looking, let's say, five or ten years down the line and not being expansive enough with our thinking. So don't think that AI is going to come and take over the world tomorrow. But equally, if we're not thinking about this topic right now, I really believe that we're being very naive and that we're sitting there with our head in the sand. So instead, think about it like this. In the short term, AI is going to help to simplify and support humans and, to the earlier point, make sense of data. It's going to augment us. It's going to assist us. In the longer term, it's probably going to have a bigger impact than we can probably imagine. It will open new opportunities. There will be threats and we, as human beings, will feel scared. We will be fearful of what AI can produce in the long run. And that, of course, is going to be an ongoing challenge, as it often is with many forms of technology. And for me, I'm sort of leaning towards, well, what if you have this neural network of AI? Now, neural networks are a term commonly used within an AI, but what if you connect all the different AI systems together? Now, today, technically, you could do this via automation. But what happens when different AIs start talking together and working as a team? Suddenly, head explosion moment <laughs> about what could happen, right, and how that could evolve. And also raises some interesting questions around, well, what does team leadership look like if you are running a team of AIs? How does collaboration work when you have different computer systems working together without human interaction? And suddenly, some of these big topics that seem very confusing, perhaps come 2033 or whatever, will be front of mind for all of us. And that kind of brings us neatly on to the next consideration around the role of humans. And that AI is not going to displace human beings in the short term. It will augment and assist them to the terms used earlier on. But there are still areas that humans are much preferred. We're great at talking to each other, so it turns out. Empathy and creativity, as we heard in last week's episode, are key human skills that machines will really struggle to replicate, certainly anytime soon. And even when it comes to decision-making, a human-based decision still includes a huge amount of non-data fact, whether that is around personal viewpoints, or emotions, or observations, whether that is based on our experience, 
or our instinct. And these decisions that are based on non-data facts are sometimes difficult to explain to other human beings. So how on earth would we, A, be able to explain that to a machine, and B, how would that machine be able to gather that data source that can help make the same decision as a human? So I think, certainly for a while yet, we're still going to be in the driving seat about making those decisions, specifically when it does come to complex topics. The other role of humans is to be more proactive in nature. A machine or an AI needs data to show that an opportunity or a threat exists. Whereas we can act on deeper instinct. We can act on curiosity. And I think, if anything, AI will actually show the true power of the human brain in terms of how we go about considering and recognising what we should do and how we should make a decision. Now, I'm no brain scientist, so to speak, but to me, that seems really fascinating. I'm quite a head-scratcher to, uh, to get my mind around. <laughs> the next point is that AI should only be the concern of the IT department. Now, this one is false. This one is a myth. AI should definitely not only be the concern of the IT department. It is a technology that is going to affect all parts of the business, or at least any part of the business where data is used in some format, be it visual data, be it numbers, or a part of the business where decisions are being made, however big or small, or there's some form of thinking. So basically, anywhere within the business is in scope for AI to have an impact. And let's think about augmented intelligence and assisted intelligence here as well. So it can help everyone be better at what they're already doing. And the IT department will not have this broad understanding of everyone's role within the organisation. And therefore, we all need to consider what the opportunities could be with AI and how it can be used to support all of us, colleagues, connections, ourselves, with our work and help us to be better. Now, of course, the IT department may well be needed for implementing a new AI-based solution, especially if it is integrating into the existing system architecture. But not necessarily every AI needs to go down that route. Some AIs can still add value without any form of integration into your company's systems. Either they can look at the company from an external viewpoint, from a customer's viewpoint, and it can make recommendations from there. Or an AI can be used to gather more and more data, again, publicly available data, and use that to make recommendations. Or it can be used to support individuals in an unconnected way. So it is an AI that supports one person at a time, or that supports multiple people, but without tapping into the organization's data. So AI should not be the concern of only the IT department. Everyone has a stake in the game here. The next point is that AI opportunities for retailers split into three sections. Customer-facing AI, frontline-facing AI, and business-facing AI. So for customer-facing AI, we're talking about data that is used and processed and served back to customers. Perhaps that's around 
personalising the shopping experience, ingesting data around recent purchases, browsing behaviours, preferences, assumed preferences, and it returns with a series of recommended categories, suggested products, maybe even the recommended fit, for example, if it's based on a fashion use case. Also, customer-facing AIs are like chatbots or even assistance guides. And here I'm thinking especially about Nibble, the negotiation chatbot, who can converse with customers in a really unique way, having a bit of fun and negotiating to find the right deal opportunity that fits both the customer and the business. Now, this is a very different form of chatbot to the chatbot that many of us tend to find on websites as we shop online, and that is more of an automation. It is following a strict set of rules and serving up a series of defined behaviours, right? Frontline-facing AI is especially important in retail, where we have a huge set of frontline colleagues, be it in stores, be it colleagues in warehouses or fulfilment centres, or even people working in customer service centres and customer support centres. And here, the opportunities are really around making sure that there is information being presented to people at the right time in the right way. I'm thinking of examples like Salesforce's Einstein that can help customer service agents find relevant order details, process through issues, and make recommendations as well. There could be colleague management aspects. For example, like Rotogeek, who are deploying AI into colleague scheduling to learn preferences and really solve incredibly complex jigsaws. With tools like Corso, who are using AI to serve up insights to field managers and help them to understand the bigger picture and make sense of all of that data. And then finally, for business-facing AI, this is around looking at ordering and supply chain management. It could equally be around financial reporting or creating merchandising plans or even defining store design and analysing the best locations. Equally, it could be about understanding the performance of different parts of the business. I'm reminded of Juniper's AI, which looks at Wi-Fi performance and helps identify issues. And of course, that then leads us to a whole world of different IoT-enabled options, whereby different pieces of data are being generated and ingested with a view of making recommendations around maintenance, replacement, performance, and so on. And I think it's a good moment to bring in here that reminder of AI and automation. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but automation is going to be quicker and perhaps simpler as well. So do make sure you're using the right tool to crack the right nut. And I think when we think about customer-facing AI, frontline-facing AI, and business-facing AI, most likely the customer-facing AI opportunities are going to get more attention. They will be seen as sexier applications to help drive sales and loyalty. But the non-customer-facing AIs, be it for frontline or for business, are likely to present both quicker win opportunities as well as bring down costs and perhaps maximise your bottom line. So do consider those AI opportunities across these three different groups. And then the final consideration that I had for you 
is that I think there is actually a fourth group that could provide real major disruption to the retail industry. And that is the fact that whilst many are looking at retailer-based AI opportunities, not many people are really thinking about consumer-based AI opportunities. So what if a customer uses AI to help them? They have a personal shopper that knows them intimately and can help them shop across many different categories, whether it be finding the ideal party outfit or helping find that perfect gift for mum and dad. Maybe that AI can quickly scan the market to find the best propositions. Who has got that product in stock at the best price with great delivery or easily available in your local area? Could that AI start to automatically avoid companies where the human, the person, has had a bad experience? Could it help to look for the best alternative products that are helping to solve that customer challenge in a slightly different way? Could you find that people start to share their personal values and an AI can help them to shop in line with those values in an honest way? So if sustainability, for example, is critically important to any one single person, actually, what if their online shopping experience quickly filters out any company that does not align with that same value and does not have the proof of that same value? Equally, what happens if you start to think about consumers having collaborative AIs looking to buy on bulk? You know, suddenly there are loads of different opportunities and each one of these could provide massive disruption to the retail market, in my opinion. And many, unfortunately, are not in the hands of the retailer. So I think it's going to be especially important as we start to think about Moore's Law and Amara's Law and how AI will continue to evolve. And you start to think, well, what does that mean for tomorrow's consumer? How are they going to shop? How are they going to be using augmented intelligence and assisted intelligence to make them better informed, to help them make decisions, to help them avoid making duff purchases? And ultimately, what does that mean for you as the retailer? How are you going to respond to that? How are you going to ensure that your operation and your operating model for that matter, and actually your bigger business model, is truly aligned to your purpose, to your North Star? How are you going to ensure that you are truly delivering for the right set of customers in the right way? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on these 10 considerations. Just quickly flying back through them. Firstly, we started talking about AI not being one solution. Then we looked at the differences between AI and automation. We reconsidered what the A should stand for. And we recognized that the greatest opportunity in the short term is to make sense of data and that you can think of AI like a black box, thinking about those inputs, outputs and integrations. We know this technology is developing quickly and that will change the role of humans and it's going to affect us all. This is not a topic for just the IT department to factor in because AI opportunities exist across multiple points within any given business, from customer-facing to frontline-facing, and of course, business-based AI as well. And finally, we spoke about what happens when the consumer is empowered by AI as well. So it is a huge topic, 
We've managed to squeeze it into a single podcast episode. (laughs) So thanks for sticking with us all the way. And as we come to the end of the episode, if you are wondering what should I listen to next, then here are some recommendations for you. Firstly, in the last episode, that's episode 223, called AI and the Future of Retail, I was talking directly to an AI, ChatGPT, and we were talking about the role that AI plays across many different categories, as well as some of the watchouts. Interesting talking to an AI about AI. So episode 223. Next up is episode 176, called Being the Best Omnichannel Retailer. Now, Omnichannel's nothing new, but we still struggle with it big time. And actually, when you start to think about the opportunities of AI in supporting the delivery of that omnichannel vision, suddenly, I'm sure you're going to come up with loads of ideas. So go and check that one out, episode 176. And then data has, of course, been a really important topic in today's episode. So check out episode 124, number 124, called How to Be a Data-Driven Retailer. So there we go, three hot recommendations for what to listen to next. I'm going to put all of those on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 224. And remember to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you're over there. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this particular episode and this topic as well. It's a massive topic and certainly one that we'll continue to talk about going forward. And like I say, I would love to hear your thoughts. I appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. As always, thanks so much. Please do leave a positive review and tell your colleagues to listen in to the Retail Transformation Show. And I'll look forward to joining you in another episode very, very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.